Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So uh, this is week five. I'm kind of uh, enjoying such a simple title, Jesus Said. And he said a lot, so I figure I can pretty much just go through the rest of the year without needing a new title whenever I'm preaching anyhow, because I've already peeked over in John 15. Wow. I don't know, but I think we might have to go there next week or the week after. But today we're going to try to wrap up John chapter 14. We've been here for a little while. And uh, so turn there, John chapter 14. I'll give you a verse in a few minutes whenever we decide on it. But um, Jesus spent a lot of time in three chapters of the book of John, John 14, 15, and 16, telling the church then and now how desperately we needed the person, say person, of the Holy Spirit in our life. Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven, and Jesus is at his right hand. Can you say amen to that? Because that's what the Word says. He ascended on high. He went back to the Father. He's at the right hand of the Father. And I love the fact that he's making intercession for you and me. How many of y'all need him besides me? Man, he is making intercession for us. Every time we're going through something, Holy Spirit is going through it with us. That's why you don't have to be moved by how you feel. I've been asked this morning at least, how many people did I run into? At least 12. No, it was more than that because it was all the prayer team back there. How you doing, Pastor? Man, I am so thankful that I do not have to live my life based on how I feel. Because some of you this morning, like me, might feel like crapola. It's a form of crap. Sorry, you have to explain that to your children when you get home. But they felt that way sometimes too. So help them to understand what they're going through. But you don't have to be moved by it. You can acknowledge it. Matter of fact, I was backing out of my driveway this morning having a, a, a talk with the Lord. And I said, Jesus, thank you that I am not going to church based on how I feel. Neither am I staying home <laughs> because of how I feel. Because if I moved by that, I'd be home a lot lately. But, but when you're not based on it, then you can say, what does the Lord require of me? Meaning, what does he want of me? What is his desire for me? What is his grace for me? Amen? What is his grace in this day, in this moment that we're walking in? 
So we see in, in these three chapters, Jesus saying some powerful things about who the Holy Spirit is. And I gave you these seven last uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I want to just give them to you as a reminder again. These are seven descriptions of the work of the Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about in John 14, 15, and 16. First of all, he says the Holy Spirit will dwell within you. So he's going to come and live within you. He's not coming to visit. Once you've invited the Holy Spirit, he does not come to visit. He doesn't leave when you leave the parking lot or when you uh, pass over 55 miles an hour, 56, Holy Spirit gets out. No, I, I believe you need him more at 56 than at 55. You definitely need him at 90. You better pray he doesn't get out. But we need him. He's come to dwell. Secondly, he guides you into how much truth? He guides you into all truth. Listen to me. Every business owner in this place, you need to understand this is one of the incredible benefits of the Holy Spirit as a spirit-filled business person is that he has come not only to dwell in you, but he's come to guide you into all truth, meaning you don't have to go from mistake to mistake in your business dealings. You can learn, oh, this is good. Some of you business owners need to say amen by faith. He's come to lead you, lead you into all truth. Therefore, if you walk in that, you can walk with confidence. Number three, he's come to not only pray for you, he's come to teach you how to pray. The Holy Spirit inside of me. We got a phone call the other day asking if I would go to the hospital and pray for one of our precious little three-week-old baby nephews of one of the couples in our church. So I had to prepare myself because I've been told this baby needed a heart transplant. So in my mind, I'm, I'm seeing this just little baby that is you know, all the tubes and everything that I knew would be there. But, but, but I, I had to prepare myself for what I might see. So when I walked in that door, I wasn't moved by what I saw. I was still moved by what the word of the Lord is. And so with hours of preparation, I prayed in the spirit until it was time to go. Invited one of the team to go with me. We went to the hospital. We went in the room. And first of all, I, I was just like, oh, I, I gasped at the beauty of this beautiful little boy, Noah. Cassio, three weeks old, born perfectly healthy, 24 hours after going home, developed a fever that turned into meningitis that has affected this child's heart. And in the natural, they're saying this baby needs a heart transplant. But we prayed in faith and in my understanding only for a little bit because I'm not that smart. I don't know how to pray the way Holy Spirit leads us to pray. So you pray in your understanding, but then you pray in the spirit realm. You pray in that heavenly language that God's given you through the power of the Holy Spirit, enabling you to pray with faith that goes beyond the natural realm. How many of you, if you have a three-week-old child or grandchild, you want somebody praying in faith? when that child's going through something. That's not the time to be finding out if Holy Spirit is real or not. You want somebody that knows how to walk in the Spirit. Thankful for the promises that Jesus gave us. Number four, that the Holy Spirit will never leave you. 
Never. Meaning up until the day you walk through the door of death and enter into the presence of the kingdom of God, Holy Spirit is with you all the way. Okay, seven of you believe that this morning. Do you understand that? That the Holy Spirit of God, the very power that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. All right, I got nine of you now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this crowd till I get it up. How many, how, many, how many of you believe that the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? He lives in you. He didn't come to visit. He's not passing through. He came to dwell in you. Man, I've been reminding myself of that for 31 months. The power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Therefore, no matter what my circumstance is, no matter how I feel in the natural, I'm not moved by that. I'm moved by what the Word of God promises. And until he's through with me, I'm going to keep walking in faith as you're going to keep walking in faith, whatever it is you're going through. Knowing that his power is in you. Number five. <laughs> oh, I love this one. He is your helper. He's my helper. Say, Pastor, I was out raking the yard yesterday. I didn't see no Holy Spirit helping me. I was doing it all by myself. <laughs> we caught an armadillo the other day in my yard, and uh, I trap a bunch of those, about 17 of them last year. I think y'all must drop them off at my house or something, but they, they love to dig. And anyhow, I got, I got this incredible armadillo trap that's got the smell of armadillo in it, and therefore they cannot resist it. And you don't need any food or anything. You just got these little trap doors and this little uh, handle that goes in the middle. And, and, and if you were to put a camera out and watch, man, this last armadillo I caught this last Monday, that sucker, before he went into the trap, he dug all up under the trap. He dug all around the trap. But sooner or later, he couldn't help himself and he went in the trap. And when he did, his, his back hit the little trap door, and man, those doors, bam, shut down on him. And there he was. I won't tell y'all what we do with the armadillos. Some, some of you lovers of all animals, uh, you would not be happy with your pastor. But anyhow, this, this armadillo... We, we, we tried to move him from our trap to another trap that wasn't seasoned yet, but he escaped. <laughs> and so we had the trash can over the top of him. <laughs> and the other person that was with me was yelling, help, pastor, help. <laughs> well, I can, I can help so much. <laughs> The good news is, y'all don't worry about it. The good news is the, the armadillo was taken care of and we helped feed the vultures of our section of town. <laughs> Whenever you see about 20 of them heading towards pastor's direction in town, hey, everything's got to have something, right? So the next one is, I'm going to leave that one alone. The next one is he comforts you. I don't know about you, but in the last few weeks, I've needed some comfort. 
I mean, there are times when you go, Lord, sometimes in this earth, it's just hard. When you, when you lose a loved one, it's hard. It's painful. And as a wise pastor of mine years ago told me, time heals nothing. Holy Spirit is the one that heals. He's the one that comforts. He's the one that comes in the middle of what you're going through. The pain doesn't go away. He comforts you in the midst of it. My sister, Cheryl, has been gone for nine years. Seemed like yesterday. I still miss her. And sometimes if I think about her too much, it goes from being happy to painful. Sometimes I even talk to her. Oh, it's okay, folks. She hasn't talked back yet. Now, I do hear her voice. You know why? Because I knew her. That's how much Father wants you to know him. He wants you to know his voice. So no matter what you're going through and how painful it is, you will always recognize. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And my sheep hear my voice. Come on, somebody. Jesus still talking today. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. If they don't want to believe he's talking, let them have their dead religion. But he's talking. He's speaking. He's comforting. He knows what we're going through. And lastly, he shows you things to come. Holy Spirit shows you things that you need to know. Now, I'm going to get on that a little bit more in just a moment. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 14, verse 25. We're right near the end of this incredible chapter where Jesus has been talking. We had the opportunity to listen and to hear. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, say helper. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace, I leave with you. How many of you love peace? Come on, somebody. Man, I love peace. In the middle of trouble, how many of you are married in here? Let me see your hand. How many of y'all know when you don't have peace in your home? Just keep them up. Don't put them. <laughs> there you go. When peace goes out the door. It's not a fun time, is it? But when you get things right and peace is reestablished, wow, it's a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing in the house of God when there's peace. You know what the enemy tries to do, right? He tries to come in and divide. He tries to come in and tell lies. He tries to divide husband and wife, uh, people in the body of Christ from each other through all kinds of stupid, say stupid, stupid reasons. And you know why it's a shame how many people buy into that and will give up their relationships that God has joined and knitted them together for stupid reasons. It's heartbreaking. 
my gosh, if my wife and I would have divided and separated every time we disagreed, we would not be getting ready to celebrate 43 years of marriage. We met someone the other day, 71 years married. And I thought, I bet they've had at least 71 disagreements. <laughs> at least, right? I mean, one a year? They're not as spiritual as some of us. How many of you would say you'd have about one a week? No, don't raise your hands. I'm going to have to start praying for people real quick. We're not together because we always agree. Matter of fact, I look in the mirror sometimes and go, did you really say that yesterday in church? That's about the dumbest thing I ever heard. I don't need you to tell me sometimes when I say something stupid. Holy Spirit reminds me. I need you to forgive me. You're not here because I'm a perfect pastor. If you, man, nobody'd be in this room. Not even my children. Well, maybe if I paid them, they would. But. No, we're not here. You don't walk in marriage because you always agree. You walk in marriage because you're joined and knitted together and God brings peace. And when you've known peace and then you don't have it for a little bit, what do you want to do? You want to get back to peace, don't you? Whatever it takes, you want to get back to peace. That means saying you're sorry sometimes, apologizing, repenting, sometimes even when you were right. Boy, that's when it really, that's, ooh, that's when you got to really walk in grace. You know why? Because peace is better than being right. Amen? Peace. There's something beautiful about peace. The longer I've had the privilege to pastor you, incredible people, the longer I've been amazed at what God has done in the family of the Rock of Gainesville. Some of you have been with us for 35 years, 34 years, 30 years. I asked a friend the other day, do you know of a pastor and a church that's been together for 35 straight years? The only one I know is my pastor. And he went to be with Jesus after 47 years of pastoring one house. How is it that we stay together? It's not because we've always done it right or our doctrine's already, always been perfect. We're never together because of perfect doctrine. We're together because of a perfect Christ. Amen? That in the midst of us messing up sometimes, I look back at stuff that I used to preach years ago and go, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you just didn't backhand me. I was walking in all that I knew. And Holy Spirit lovingly and tenderly guided us and helped us. You say, well, are we, have we arrived? Oh, we're not even close. As long as there's life and breath and bones and blood, there's going to be the need, the need of Holy Spirit to help us. But boy, can we love each other in the midst of it? Can we serve each other in the midst of it? Can we be loyal to the kingdom of God and to each other in the midst of it? Can we not grow weary in well-doing in the midst of it? Because 
I'm convinced of this. I hear people say, you know, I'm, I, I'm just tired or, or I've been, uh, you know, years ago I was a covenant group leader and I got weary, I got tired and, and now we're just kind of hanging on and I, you know, I don't feel what I used to feel. Hear me. Don't blame God. Don't blame the Holy Spirit. Don't blame Christ. Don't blame his church. It's up to you. Some people say, well, pastor, you just don't understand. I, I've been doing this for 25 years. Well, what do you think about your pastor? I got to come every week with something fresh. I got to find out what Jesus said so I can tell it to you with, with a spirit of faith and confidence that his word never changes and never fails. But I got to keep me in that place of there's nobody like you, God. There, there's nothing like your presence. I'm desperate. I'm desperate for all that Jesus has for me in 2022. And I'm not going to blame anybody when I get off over here a little bit and what I got becomes dry. When it does, you need a revival of your spirit. You need a revival of your own personal heart, your own personal walk. What has taken over? What has become most passionate in your life? Do you still passionately love to see people come to Christ? Do you rejoice and clap your hands when children get baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you love it when you see a husband and wife that's on their way to divorce get healed on the way and become one again and all of a sudden there's a fire burning in you that excites you? Or are you more excited about one more trip to Disney World with your great-great-grandkids now? 417 trips later, or your trips to the beach, or your trips to the mountains, or your new car, or you, what, what are you passionate about? Because when anything takes the place of Jesus, you'll find yourself beginning to become dry. Dry. I mean like the Sahara Desert dry. And you'll find yourself going to church just out of habit. I got to go. What's somebody going to think if I don't? The only one that matters is him. And, and he's wanting to just fill you fresh and new with his presence. He's wanting you to have something in your latter days that will make you forget your former days. I was telling Franco the other day, we were talking about receiving the Holy Spirit and how easy it is, but how complicated sometimes the church and the Pentecostals have made receiving the Holy Spirit because they put kind of requirements. If you receive the Holy Spirit, you got to immediately, you got to talk in tongues. And, and speaking in a heavenly language, having the gift and the ability to pray in the heavenly language is definitely one of the gifts of God that comes when you receive the Holy Spirit. But it's not the only gift, neither is it the first gift. The first gift is power. And I grew up in a church where the word Holy Spirit was never even spoken. Literally, it was like my denomination literally cut out Holy Spirit out of every place in the Bible. Didn't teach or preach John 14, 15, 16. Didn't preach Acts chapter 1 or chapter 2 or chapter 4. Didn't teach 1 Corinthians 12, 14, 15. And so I was a teenager 
When I came into a church a lot like ours, a lot smaller, about, about half of this size here, seated about 250 people. And when I came into that church, man, there were three, 400 people packed in that place every Sunday morning. And they were hungry for God. And most of them were young people. And man, they were worshiping God. And I thought, man, I have landed in a bilingual church. They're speaking Spanish and French and Russian and, and Chinese. I mean, I was hearing all kinds of languages. And it never clicked what it was. All that clicked in my life was I was watching young people that were my age, man, with their hands lifted up, worshiping God with everything that was within them, praising God, singing and dancing. They had musical instruments in that building. Like I, I had never seen anything but a piano and an organ. Nobody ever raised their hand. We had one little woman that had a little white handkerchief, and when she couldn't take it anymore, she'd do like this, and then a deacon would tap her on the shoulder and say, baby, keep it down now. Because there was no expression. I, that was a little exaggerated, okay? The, about the deacon, not about her. I mean, I remember watching her. She, she would just, she'd wave that hanky, and I thought, I wonder what she's doing. Is that hanky full of snot or something? She's just trying to <laughs> shake it out, you know? But what it was was she was feeling something, and she didn't know what to do with it. And years later, I end up in this church, and the presence of God is so strong. And I was in that church for two years, and this is what I did. I watched. I looked. Man, on Sunday, I love God. Oh, Jesus. But on Monday through Saturday, man, I was girl crazy, lovesick crazy, hungry for something, looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm going to write a song like that one. I bet it'll be a hit. Million, million song hit. But, but there was something that drew me back every Sunday. Drew me back on Friday nights to their youth service, packed out with young people. And I would watch. And, and I remember I was about 18 years of age, getting ready to go off to Bible college, had the call of God on my life, recognized the call of God, but still struggled Monday through Saturday because I had no power in my life. I love Jesus and could not understand why am I so weak? I must be the weakest, weakest man that's ever lived on the planet of the earth. Because there was no power. And you know why there was no power? It wasn't that God wasn't powerful, and it wasn't that Jesus was at the right hand of the Father, and it wasn't that the Holy Spirit had already been given to all who ask. The problem was I had never asked. So I'm trying to live for Jesus with no power in my life. And I'll never forget being invited to a prayer meeting on a Friday night. And it was in Sharon Bob's back room at their little house. It become like a prayer room, and they had a prayer meeting every week. And I did whatever I could to stay away from it. But one Friday night, I got trapped. <laughs> Nothing to do, and before I could come up with a reason not to go, I went. And I'll never forget standing against the wall, my eyes closed. like I'm just standing against the wall, 18 years old, just a kid. And somebody walked up to me and said, do you want the power of God in your life? And I said, yes. I'm tired of my Sundays being like this. 
Only for Monday to come. And it was that roller coaster. And it just seemed to last all week. Week after week. Guys are freaking out back there because I haven't got to 11 pages of my notes yet. I'm, I'm at the fir first scripture. Peace. <laughs> I stood there against the wall. And I said, Holy Spirit, if you are everything that they say you are, then I want you in my life. And I unleashed my arms and I lifted them like this. And the man stepped up to lay hands on my head. He was just going to touch my head. Before he ever touched my head, the presence and the power of God hit me so hard that I just slid to the ground. And for two hours, I sat on that floor and prayed in a heavenly language. Not knowing really what was going on. Not knowing. I really was, in my mind, I was going, am I doing this? Is Holy Spirit doing this? Does somebody have my tongue and they're just twisting it and all kind of words? Are, I mean, I'm going through all these things in my mind. What is going on? And all of a sudden, I had no idea how long it had been, but I realized there was a battle in me now going, if you quit, you'll never be able to do it again. I'm thinking that somebody is forcing my tongue. And then all of a sudden, the peace of God just flooded my soul. And I paused, praying in the Spirit. You see, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, receiving the person of the Holy Spirit, you're inviting the person into your life, and he comes to dwell in you, to strengthen you, to give you power that you never knew before. That's the first thing. The power of God comes into your life. And all of a sudden, instead of being fearful of Saturday or fearful of Monday, all of a sudden there was, there was this excitement. I can't wait to see how I'm going to walk this out come next week. From eight when I was saved, love God, to 18. Tried to live for God and my life was like this, like many of yours. Trying so hard to, 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 to really walk this thing out in the flesh. I'd read the word. I, I would go to church. I'd have people pray for me. But man, there was an emptiness inside. Jesus said, it's imperative that I go away. Because in my going, I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. And he's going to come and dwell and live in you. And he's going to give you power. Power to do what? To go change Russia or change China or change Cuba? Change you. The power of the Holy Spirit has come in your life to change you. Not someone else. To change you. And all of a sudden, the ability to overcome temptation. The ability to walk in victory where last week you were walking in defeat. Because no longer now are you depending upon self. Now you're depending upon the Holy Spirit who's come to do all those seven things that I told you about. He's come to stay in you and to live in you. And whenever you need to pray in the heavenly language, you just pray. The word says we pray in our understanding. I'm going to give you the scripture in a minute or, or next week. Uh, we pray in the spirit or we pray in our understanding. Listen to this. Listen to this. We sing it in our understanding. 
or we sing in the spirit. You can do both. You can just be praying and move right into your heavenly language. You can be talking and just go right into your prayer language and right back into your understanding. Some folks in here are gifted with the ability to speak several languages, Spanish, some African languages, Chinese, Mandarin. I have the gift of barely speaking English properly. (laughs) But your ability to pray in your heavenly language is not based on this up here. This might not be a Sunday morning message most of the time, but I'm telling you, I I have not been able to get away from the Holy Spirit over the last several weeks. How desperately we need the Holy Spirit of God in our life to help us to walk in power and in faith and in victory. And he's ours for the asking. And it's not difficult. And as I learned to do that, when I received the Holy Spirit, power came into my life. All of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I started walking with an upward trend. No longer, or, but just slowly beginning every day. Holy Spirit, I need you today. Read the word. Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. Pray in the spirit. Pray in my understanding. Holy Spirit, would you reveal what, what does this word mean? And just begin to rely upon the Holy, Holy Spirit. I do not know how to pray for this baby. How do I pray for this baby? How do I pray for this baby? In the natural, I want this baby to live. This mama wants this baby to live. This uncle and aunt, this dad wants this baby to live. How do I pray? Not in doubt, not in unbelief, but in faith. Well, I've learned that I pray for that baby the same way I've been praying for me for the last 31 months. You're not moved by what you see, not moved by how you feel. You're moved by the promises of God's word. And every single day, twice a day, I take meds. Don't judge me. If you don't take meds, man, you walk in your faith. I'm walking in my faith. I'm walking out what the word of the Lord is for me. And right now, it requires me to take chemo pills in the morning, chemo pills at night. Every night and every morning, when I go to take my pills and all the other pills that help deal with the pill that I'm taking, you, you know, with medicine, you, it's not just one. You gotta, you, I got a pill that takes care of the side effects of the pill I'm about to take. And then I got another pill that helps that pill not cause me nausea. Then, then I have one more pill that just guarantees that I'm not going to get shingles. And I have to take that one twice a day every day because they say shingles will kill people with multiple myeloma. I don't, I don't do that in fear. I'm not fearful. But I'm walking in what I believe 31, 32 months ago now became a word to Suzanne and I, to me. And I started walking it out. But then, man, when all of a sudden I, I started getting all these scriptures and I started realizing, you know what? I, I've never depended upon these medicines to heal me. Only Jesus heals. So I had to stir myself in faith. I had to pray in the Holy Spirit until doubt, fear, and unbelief left. Even when pain would afflict my back or pain would afflict my hip or pain would afflict my my mind and, and all the demonic would come, I would pray in the Spirit. 
and declare God heals. You say, yeah, but what about? There ain't no what about in my life. God knows our beginning from the end, and I know one day, God already knows what day it will be when my last day on this earth is. And guess what? I'm really at peace with that. If it were today, I love y'all, bye. I mean, if Jesus wants me today, I'm out of here. And I'm going to be one of those intercessors that are praying for you. Don't quit. Don't quit. Bob, don't quit. Franco, don't quit. John, don't quit. Jamie, don't quit. There are those that are praying for us today. But today, I'm walking in faith, believing. But every morning, I open up the Word, and I begin to speak. See, I don't just depend upon those pills I'm taking. I take my pill, I hate to use this word, but religiously. Every morning, my alarm goes off. Faithfully. Faithfully. Every night, my alarm goes off. What time is it? Time to pray, time to take the pill. It's a wicked pill. I mean, it's just, woo! And an expensive pill, two pills, $30,000 a month. Come on, somebody. Before I turned 65, man, my little blue insurance card, it just took care of everything. (laughs) Don't get me started on the government. (laughs) But I got my little white, red, and blue Medicare card. Oh, no. First time the meds are due after I turn 65, the lady calls me. And every month, when she, every 21 days, she calls, redoes my order. And every 21 days, she says, well, the good news is, Pastor Brantley, is zero copay. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for Florida blue. But then I turned 65. Got that red, white, and blue card. Got my supplemental card. Got my supplemental pharmacy card. And the lady calls and says, now, Pastor Brantley, your, supplement, uh, your copay this month is going to be $4,400. Nigel, is it time? <laughs> No, you better stay for the people's sake. But every morning I take that pill. I open up the Word of God. And I say, Lord, I'm thankful for the doctors. I'm thankful for the technicians. I'm thankful for those that worked in research and created this pill that's been fighting this disease in my blood system. I'm thankful for them. I pray over them. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless all the the people that have helped me through this process. But Father, oh, I'm not dependent upon them. And I'll start declaring the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, through your word, you have imparted your life to me. That life restores my body with every breath I take. I breathe and every word I speak, there's life. I speak to the stem cells in my blood system as though we are intimate. And I say to them, stem cells in Jesus' name, you will not mutate again and you will not destroy the good blood cells in my body in Jesus' name. And I quote the scripture, I declare the word every morning, every night. It has become my ritual. Because if I'm going to take this pill in faith, should I not better yet take the Word of God in faith? 
Thank God for the pill. Pill, do what you're supposed to do. Don't bring any harm to my body. Don't bring any damage to my body. Don't cause things to happen that ought, that ought not to happen. Speak to them in Jesus' name. You got to speak to your situation. That's a part of being full of the Holy Spirit of God and receiving His power to change your life. Let me, let me finish at least reading this verse. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Listen to this. We started here five weeks ago. Let not your heart be troubled. Man, that's powerful. Let not your heart be troubled. Hear me. Neither let it be afraid. Five weeks ago, preached the whole message on let not your heart be troubled. One of the beauties of receiving the Holy Spirit of God is He takes us from doubt, fear, unbelief to faith, hope, and trust in Almighty God. So that we speak to our circumstance and speak to our situation. Hear me, some of you, you know everything that the news channel is saying about what's coming in America. Oh my gosh, food, food price is gonna double by October, triple by October. Gas is gonna be $6 a gallon. Well, it's already seven and a half in California. How I many of you just thank God you live in Florida, not in California? You can, you can start repeating constantly how bad things are, or you can declare what God's Word has to say. And the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you, He'll tell you the things you need to know when you need to know them and help you to make the right decisions. Oh, this is so good. I'm telling you, y'all are, are not shouting. I'm going to borrow one of Pastor Ron's phrases. Y'all not shouting near as good as I'm preaching. But maybe you're pondering the power of Christ. Just like if Christ were to walk in here today and the reason he walked out of here was because he knew he wasn't enough. And so he gave the Holy Spirit as the promised one, the gift of God, so that our lives could forever radically be changed. I'm gonna quit before I start my, I got a message for next week already. All I gotta do is pray all week. I don't even have, don't even have to prepare, it's there. But today, the Holy Spirit of God, hear me. There are some sitting in this room today, you do not have a personal relationship yet with Jesus Christ. Before you can receive the Holy Spirit, you first have to receive Christ. He's been given by God the Father. He came, He walked, He preached, He did good. He died on the cross for your benefit, for my benefit. He died so that we could live. He died so that we could be right with Father God. And this morning, if Jesus is not yet Lord of your life, you're not here by accident, you're not here by mistake, the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, not only put in front of you whatever needed to be to get you here, but hear me, without the Holy Spirit, you can't even get saved. It's the Holy Spirit that helps you to realize, I'm in desperate need of a Savior. I cannot save myself. I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. 
I want to just ask all of you to bow your head for just a moment. Those that are watching online, you can respond as well. But before we move on and make a place this morning for many of you to receive the Holy Spirit of God today in your life, I want to give opportunity for those that are not yet fully aware of how much God loves you, how much Jesus was willing to do to pay the price so that you could be born again and know the living God. Jesus loved you so much. He went to the cross for your benefit. Not just for good people that are doing good things, but for bad people that desperately needed Jesus, for empty people that needed the Christ, for those who were lost and hurting and needed Jesus in their life. If that's you this morning, every head bowed, please. Believers are praying. Because this is just between you and the Father and me right now as I look across this auditorium. Take a moment to say it would be my honor Those of you that are watching online, I can't see, but you can respond. You can pray this prayer with us in just a moment. But what an honor today to lead you to the Christ, that Jesus wants to be Lord of your life. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand and hold it for just a moment? Let me see your hand, and then I will... Acknowledge it and recognize it. Thank you, my dear. God bless you. Who else this morning? This is you. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. Yes, God bless you, dear. This is is the day of salvation. Talking about walking in victory and living in victory, it begins here with receiving Jesus as Christ, Lord of your life. Young people, don't depend upon mama's salvation, daddy's salvation, going to the rock your whole life. It has to be personal in every child's life, every young person, every young adult. There has to come a time when you surrender your life to the living Christ. Anyone else before I lead these precious souls in this prayer wanna respond today and say, yes, pastor, pray for me, lead me. All right, I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer right where you're seated. Every head bowed, this is between you and the Lord. The whole congregation's gonna pray with you. Pray this prayer with me this morning. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, I come before you today to pray this prayer, to ask you today, Jesus, come into my heart. I open up my life, I open up my heart, I surrender everything to you, Jesus. I acknowledge my need of you. I confess that I've been a sinner. And today, I need a savior. So I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord, to be my savior, to be my all in all. This day, I surrender it all. And I make a confession that I'm going to serve you and love you all the days of my life. I pray this, Father, 
in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an ovation of praise for these in this room, those that are watching online, those that are here by a podcast. Now I want to invite all of you to stand with me, if you will, this morning. Please don't leave and we'll be through in a few minutes. There's nowhere to rush out to anyhow. This best thing going on in town is the presence of God in every house in this city. Not just here, but every church that's proclaiming Christ. And today, as I have given you a little bit of an appetizer of how awesome and great the Holy Spirit of God is and how desperately we all as believers need Him in our life. The prayer team is up front. We're here to pray over any need. You're going through a physical need, emotional need, mental, financial, marriage, whatever it is, we're here to pray. But we're also here this morning to lay hands on you if you desire to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God today in this place. We're gonna ask you a simple question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And if your answer is no and you want, we're gonna lay hands, we're gonna lead you in a simple prayer. Same prayer that I prayed, Holy Spirit, you're real, you're a part of the Godhead. I need you. Would you come into my life? And the Holy Spirit of God is gonna come in and dwell with you for the rest of the days of your life as long as you keep your heart open and acceptable to all that He desires to do in you. The Holy Spirit of God today is here to dwell in our lives, to comfort, to help, to heal. The thing that comes with receiving Acts chapter 1, you will receive power on high. Power for your life to be changed. Power to walk in victory. Power to overcome a bad marriage. Power to overcome a weakness in the flesh. Power to overcome lust and pornography and sexual sins and wickedness and weakness in your life. A life that's been surrendered to Jesus, but yet with no power to walk it out. That's the Holy Spirit today that we're inviting you to receive this morning in this place. So whatever your need is today, Jamie, the worship team are going to lead us in worship. I invite you to step out and come. Let us pray with you and over you and for you this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.